Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Great. Welcome to the Two Marketeers. Thank you. I'm not well, I'm not really welcoming you because you to are me? one of the two. <laughs> welcome. welcome. Welcome, Lindsay. To other people. To your own home. Uh, I've not left. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I do so not true. need to be welcomed back. But I have not left. <laughs> I would be welcomed to leave. That would be great. Well, you would welcome leaving. You make it sound like your kids want you out of the house or something. Yeah. We're at the opposite of that phase. I went out once and I came back to a post-it note for my oldest child that said, stay home, mom, love, child. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) We're so chill this week. Last week. Our last session, you were uh, jacked on serendipity. <laughs> I think it was. Oh my gosh. When I listened to that recording, I was like, wow, you need some yoga <laughs> or something. <laughs> or like no more coffee or a lot of magnesium. It's a lot of things. Yeah. I know I was really jacked. But now we're just, this is me doing the own. Oh. Um, it is a beautiful day. Thank goodness. It is a beautiful, sunny, warm day. Uh, it's, you know, the famous April of Ontario that all Ontarians tend to forget we have, where it does rain a lot and it can snow one day. And today is a really warm day, but enough about the weather. I saw something funny this morning that says people in Toronto wait all spring to wait for spring to happen. Like this is spring. Spring is winter and summer mix. <laughs> There's no middle ground. This is what spring is. There's no like 10 degrees Celsius. This is it. It rains and snows. That's why as a parent, you can't. Now this is the transition period where the hallway is lined with winter boots, rain boots, indoor shoes, outdoor shoes, water shoes, any type of shoe, sandal, boot available. And it's when you you hate your house because it's like. So many shoes. There's just so many shoes and so many jackets, you know, and it's like the garage. The garage has bikes, sleds. (laughs) Yeah, bikes and skis together because Lord knows what the weekend will hold. Shall we bike or ski? Basketball net, basketballs, volleyball, you know, it's just like it's that craziness. Snowsuits and puddle jumpers at the same time. Anyways. I've been dying to share since I think it was yesterday morning. I heard it on the radio oh. and they were talking about this big, cool thing that happened in, I think it was Dallas and it was uh, drones. It was a drone manufacturer did this stunt and they basically cr- did the show with all these drones that then positioned to create a giant QR code in the sky. Don't start. I'm finished. Do not start. So how's that? This is like an ode to Lindsay. People just knew they scanned their QR codes, the QR code, and it brought them to, have you ever heard of the term Rickroll to be Rickrolled? I don't know if that was. Rickrolled. No, I've not. I think it's this phenomenon that Rick Astley has come by, like how they're sticking Rick Astley, never going to give you up into things i don't know they said he you would you know people who scanned it were rickrolled basically it would take him to the video of rick astley's never going to give you up stop it i love it 
Like that couldn't have happened two drones. years ago. I thought it was the drones trying to show their proof of vaccination. <laughs> no, that's so expected. It's just the idea. It's almost like it proved <laughs> to me, it proved something, right? Like we have evolved. That's true. Because think back to when it was like QR codes. Okay, well, we have to make sure that they have the QR reader, right? The QR code reader. And do people even know what they can do with it? And do they know that that will trigger? I mean, now it's what happens when we come into a restaurant right away. We have to show our QR code to show that we were vaccinated. Um, still, many restaurants still do it for the sake of, I think, just behavior. But you have to scan for the menu. The menu's on your phone. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just, it's, a, it's almost like a lifetime of evolution. And the QR code, no one has to be told what to do yeah that is a monumental moment i could appreciate it more if i hadn't crawled under my qr code soapbox and never gotten out of there for the last 10 years (laughs) my qr code soapbox yeah were you alone i'm gonna guess you were alone (laughs) me and our uh, dear friend meg under there together the world's gonna change revolutionaries so i guess that kind of makes me think because i think a lot you know i have lots of time to think and i just thought do you think they mapped that? Do they think they kind of had to think about the idea and was it just a crazy idea? But like how much thought had to be, if at any, if anything, I had to think about, you know, how do we get their attention? Why would they care? What's new about this? How, you know, like the whole thing was just mm-hmm. a stunt, right? But it was, was it a company that did it? Like who Yeah, did it was this? the drone manufacturer. The drone company. Yeah. But don't you think they could have put something like, no offense to Rick, is it Rick Astley? Yeah. Rick Astley? No offense to that person, but. Oh, he's uh, had enough offense. I don't think there's. <laughs> I know, but like something more valuable once scanned so that people would be like, oh, I should be, you know, I guess it's just a stunt. Sure. Okay. No, I think you're right. Is What were they trying to do? I think it's just. Yeah. About- what were they trying to do? I'm guessing it's just. Uh, innovation, you know what I mean? Like some innovative stunt Mm -hmm. that if anything, even to themselves, I mean, we can't give them more credit. I mean, it's just a drone manufacturer, who knows? But um, almost a test. Right. Which what stunts are typically, in my experience, especially from a PR standpoint, I remember having to come up, having worked with beer companies for a long time, literally sitting in boardrooms with 20 other agency creatives or account people, whatever, saying, okay, we need a stunt. We want to do a stunt for April 1st and and that sort of thing. And I'm sort of like, I don't know if the timing was April 1st that they did it. Maybe I should have done my homework. But uh, I, you know, I think you said this is, you know, true, good creative or good ideas are the kind of ideas that are so simple. And someone said, why didn't I think of that? Right. So... I was just kind of thinking, okay, this is perfect for now. It, it proved a point, and that's that we've evolved. And with that example of evolving so quickly, um, let me just pause there. Imagine the emotional connection that you're making with the people who are scanning that just from a fun, do you know what I mean? If you're a drone company, that's exactly the kind of sentiment you want them to feel. Very cool. That's so cool, right? How fun was mm-hmm. that? Um, what a what an interesting application of a technology in a way that I never thought would be used before. These are all the sort of subconscious things that make that give it buzz, that make it buzzworthy. Right. If that's happening and it works and it becomes this was this wasn't industry news, this was world news, and it was just fun. And they talked about it, they laughed about it. They were like, "How cool is that?" Mm-hmm. 
what was really interesting on the Rick Roll idea, the Rick Astley thing was it became it had a real spin for radio. And that's where okay. I heard it. Mm, okay. Um, then what do we do when that kind of connection is made? And we, you know, you and I are always, and anyone in our industry on, on the creative or strategic side, are always looking for new sort of breakthroughs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next thing we want to do is replicate it. Or I say we, but it's, you know, it's kind of the task is, well, the client wants this. They loved what this was, so go replicate it. And then right. go away. And we, you know, we come up with a great idea and we sell it. This is where I think Lindsay wouldn't would be in the room, but well, she's lucky if she'd even be in the room because there's nothing really there could be something strategic about it, but when it comes to just come up with a great idea that's like this, mm-hmm. what strategy is there? So right. um you've been a busy woman. Um perfectly in time of when we started this darn podcast where you, you know, started your own business, you've been mapping and mapping and you've been mapping with me for me, for our our clients. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this because I think of journey mapping as one thing. And then as you and I have been talking about, we've been talking about how important it is to make an emotional connection now uh, for brands Mm -hmm. with consumers more than ever. It's the Mm -hmm. only way to really gain that trust and to really build that long-term relationship, which is what marketing can and does do when done right. Mm -hmm. You've been talking about empathy. You've been talking about, you know, customer journey. You've been talking about customer experience. You've been talking about experience creators. You know, marketers are now experience makers. Look at, look at me. Um, Wow. You're being a very good student. I know. I am a good student. From an accidental teacher. (laughs) The accidental teacher. Isn't that a movie? Um, Lindsay. Tell us about this mapping, because I'll be honest, I did a little bit of research and it's a, there's a lot of kinds of mapping and I know you do a few of them. (laughs) What are some of them and and what value do they bring? And where do you think, what experience have you had over the last couple of years where you're really seeing trends or, you know, just tell us about this painfully difficult thing you have to do because I can't (laughs) do it of mapping a journey or sentiment. Well, it's one thing to just like talk about all the different kind of maps. I think going back to um, your example around the drone, if we can just step back for a second, I think a lot of people would question or don't, or they already don't know what you're talking about. So when you say <laughs> that someone's scanning, and this has been the big debate around like trends and technology, right? Is that someone's scanning a drone set up like an installation essentially who even knows if it's a qr code it's just a bunch of drones in the sky with their phone they would be like that's not making an emotional connection a lot of people would say that that's not what that is okay you know that it's just some sort of stunt that they're doing to get attention from people and i think that we were even talking about this yesterday or the day before that emotion we know that emotional connection can drive brand results and performance but a lot of people would assume that emotional connection is like, I think we, I said this last time, babies and puppies, right? It's like tears and <laughs> Clydesdales and sunrises and puppies running. Like that's it, you know, it's like that type of like heartfelt tear during like emotional right. connection, but emotional connection. And I think what we're really understanding from like consumer motivators and desires and different things like that, that people have is that emotional connection isn't just crying, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> humor, 
Theater and entertainment. And there's like a spectrum, a variety of different emotions where emotional connection has actually evolved as well from like the ideas 10 years ago to say emotional connection used to be just crying. And now emotional connection is so many other things, which I think is you've illustrated that really beautifully with the QR code example in that that connection is a surprise and delight moment and it's entertainment. Right. And it's the brand showing their value to people in an entertaining way. And that emotional connection of entertainment and fun and joy is also what can create a connection with a brand. Right. So I think that's kind of like the first point to be made in all of those questions that we were just talking about. I love that. Um, I just love how you opened with uh, the making the emotional connection and, and understanding the journey and that sort of thing. She said, people already don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. And they would say like, hey, someone's scanning a phone. That's not an emotional connection. I didn't feel sad or I didn't cry or wasn't heartfelt, like whatever that is. And it's not, it's so much more than that now. And actually we were also talking about this the other day. It's so curious in advertising and marketing the kind of emotions you feel like you're allowed to invoke when so 2019 was a very funny year I feel like in advertising there was a lot of humor out there there's a lot of brands doing silly fun things so they were connecting with people in that emotional uh, way of humor. So not just babies and puppies, but also funny things that where you're like, that brand gets it. They get me. It's culturally relevant. That's funny. Yep. Um, pandemic hits. You're no longer allowed to be funny. So we, we are, yeah. And literally in briefs and in asks and challenges on creative, on strategy is like no more humor. It's not the time. So we are now, I think in the last, it's probably been very recent, like the last like three to six months where you're now allowed to be funny again. (laughs) So there was this like halo of only we're in it together, heartfelt, supportive, emotional connection that was allowed. Right. And now you see things like what this drone company is doing, where we're allowed to entertain. We're allowed to do something that's funny and silly. People are looking for levity Levity. because there's so much um, heaviness in the news, in the world, in the economy. And we're I think we're past enough of a pandemic time to say, like, okay, we're allowed to be funny again. We're allowed to be entertaining. So then stuff like this drone company comes up and you're like, it's appropriate and it's funny. So that's great. And that's an emotional connection again as well. So the emotional, it's so interesting to me to see like the emotions we're allowed to invoke as communications professionals, um, as culture and times shift, right? Mm -hmm. When you say we're not allowed though, is there something good in that that says now that it's allowed, it's because we know the consumer is saying it's okay? So that's exactly where journey mapping comes in and empathy mapping and all of those different types of tools. So that's where we can then get into like what those tools are. We need to understand the only reason we can say we're not allowed to be funny is because we understand culturally what's going on, the landscape and how people are feeling. So it's not like we're not allowed because we're going to get in trouble. It's like we're not allowed because the consumer sentiment and mindset is not there. So if you do that, 
in a time when their mindset is not there. It's not what they need, right? They're yeah, not. and it's going to be offensive. It's going to be inappropriate. And the reason it's going to be those things is because of tools like empathy mapping that have really allowed you to understand where people's mindsets and hearts and minds and everything are at right now. Right. Like the mindset defines how are they feeling? What do they need? How can mm -hmm. we support? And that's mm -hmm. when you do all that work to then say the answer is levity. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, like brands, I feel like you said that meant, well, what if, if you're a brand, which humor and your campaigns and your creative have been very much about that, mm -hmm. what does that mean when you're not supposed to be funny? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's that there's the two sides, there's what they need and there's that purpose side, right? If, if the, if the reason around your branding is humor based and levity and making people feel good when they want to feel good then you shouldn't change that. So your your tactics perhaps, or even it could have some might look at it as a strategic level is to say, when there is no room for humor, we need to be, we need to first decide, we're not to change our tone, we're to understand, do we need to back off a bit? And you said this last mm -hmm. week where it's about knowing what they need when they need it. And it was quoted from an article that we, we quoted from, and it said, and when to back off. Yes. And that's, I think, uh, really eye-opening for me because in a marketing world, no one would ever have thought you should back off at any time. Mm -hmm, right. You and I were in planning meetings. Yeah. What are we doing? It's promotional and seasonal. How do we keep it going 365? And it's sort of like a great learning to say, well, it's kind of win-win because it's like focus on the times it is appropriate and invest in those moments. Mm -hmm. And sometimes saying nothing is the best thing to say, you know? Yes. And, and not forever. Like, I think that's the other thing too that, that we talk about a lot is like, you can't, as a brand, you can't have your head in the sand either. So if you're a humorous yeah. brand and, and major things are happening, it doesn't mean that you forever say nothing, but it does mean that you take the time to figure out where your place is and yes. the value that you can provide. And then you lean into that thing. Exactly. Instead of jumping on a bandwagon. Exactly. It's not about, oh, then shut down, but it's before you continue to act like you've typically acted, you need to take that pause. And I think this, like you said, it's the journey. It's when you kind of say, we don't know what to say right now and that's okay. Right. So let's take the time to understand their journey and their sentiment, how they're feeling so that we do know, so that we don't stick our heads in the sand. But until we do anything, we really need to take the time to understand them and support them. Yes. And not to sell product, not to sell product in the next six to 12 months. That's the tough part. Well, yeah, depending on the challenge business, all of all of those different elements, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah so anyways, that's kind of where, why uh, mapping now is so important because there's so much shifting going on with consumer mindset based on all the things that are happening in the world. And for us to figure out the right opportunities where we're appropriate and relevant and provide value, all of that comes from some of these tools. So just to answer your question um, that you posed a few minutes ago, what is journey mapping? What is empathy mapping? How do we do it? You can do it a ton of different ways. There's free tools online. There's so many different resources. So um, you can definitely do what works for you. And what I do is I've now kind of evolved this to mission mash a bunch of things together in a way that works. 
yeah, that work well for like my clients and the challenges and asks that we have where typically journey mapping would start with like kind of a five by five by five exercise where you would figure out as an example, and it doesn't have to be exactly this, right? three to five different personas. So who are the targets? Who are the people that you're talking to? That's a critical first step, figuring out who the people are. And a lot of brands haven't figured that out. So you need that first. Right. And then figuring out what scenario you want to map. So what, what situation are you in? So for the drone company, as an example, it could be like, we're launching a new drone. And we want consumers to shop for them. So this would be like a drone buying journey as an example. Right. So you figure out who the people are, you figure out what scenario we're putting them in. And then where the five by five by five thing comes in is that you do five phases of the journey. So like searching, consideration, narrowing it down to a few companies, deciding to purchase like those types of phases. Okay. And then what we do is we start to ask ourselves about five questions at each phase of the journey. So what might that person be asking themselves or what barriers are they experiencing? What challenges are they up against? So that we can start to understand the places we fit in their lives throughout the journey. Okay. So that's kind of journey mapping as one set of tools. And then the way that we layer in something like empathy mapping is empathy mapping is kind of a different thing separately where it's more again you figure out who the people are but you're trying to more think about what are they thinking what are they feeling what are they doing what are they saying so this is more around mindset and those types of things actions um conscious things subconscious things Um, And the fun way of how we do it or how we've done it for our clients together, Sean, is like we mesh that together. So we do the typical journey mapping exercise, but we also layer it in at each phase of the journey, what they're thinking, feeling, doing. And then we even take it a step further to say, what are the key messages for the brands? So based on what they're thinking, feeling and doing, what can we say? Yeah. And then where can we say it? So it's kind of like a mixture of key messaging as well and channel planning. So basically for us, it's now this grand exercise, which has serviced the needs that I have really well for the questions I'm being asked at a strategy level. Um, But essentially mapping can come to life in a ton of different ways. And I would recommend looking at those different types of tools and figuring out your ask and what might work best for you. Yeah, there was even something I saw you know, I, I was just curious. So I went through and found a bunch of stuff. And there's just, like you said, Lindsay, if, if we sent you off, not you, Lindsay, but listeners, if we sent you off and say, you know, Google it, map it out, we have a funny story. Um, <laughs> it could be overwhelming. And I think Lindsay yes. really brings some great sort of practicality to it, where it's like, listen, there's no right way. There's no, there may be a wrong way, meaning it's not the right application of the solution you're looking for. But really it's about, in my experience with you, Lindsay, it's never been the same twice. Although the outcome is very, very similar. Yeah, the look and feel is similar. The, The practice and process and content is so different. Yes, and that's important as opposed to, it's kind of the opposite of what people think. It's the same process, but the outcomes are always different. Um, it's actually the other way around is, I think Lindsay said the most important part is the brief. The most the most important part is upfront, understanding the business's challenges, yeah. right? Like 
where are you right now? There's the five scenarios, but what do you need as a business? And I could look at something like the drone example, one of the brands that probably uh, has become part of people's day-to-day supply chain, I've got to believe it's a big part of, but they have to go back to what they were before, right? Just a fun thing that can do a lot of very cool shit. That's why we buy gadgets, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like there was probably this opportunity to kind of say, we have to come back out now and recognize the fun, just the innovation, the fun, and we have to create that awareness and that buzz around, we're just a really cool, fun piece of technology that Mm -hmm. everybody can appreciate. I mean, what they might, what they may have uncovered if they did any sort of journey mapping as a company is that like people are feeling overwhelmed by innovation and technology. It's probably like, you know, that's some of the sentiment. It's complicated. There's so much happening. I don't know where if if I tried to buy a drone, where would I even look for that? How do I narrow it down? What is good for me? And if, do I have kids? Do they need to use it? So like there's probably a lot of overwhelmed feelings happening out there as well as like a cultural sentiment of, you know, wars, pandemics, economy, financial losses, like all of these elements to say like people are looking for escapism and they're looking for entertainment because of what is going on in the world. And they do so using their devices. And if they were a smart brand, which perhaps like we could be giving them a lot of credit, they could have been like, oh, for oh, sure. a QR code in the sky. But like if they, you know, if they were planning this, they would then start to put those insights together of which they've gathered from the journey mapping to say people are overwhelmed. They're looking for for entertainment and they're looking for escapism. And we can do this thing that highlights our product in a really fun way that achieves some of those goals based on what people are feeling. So that's kind of how journey mapping and sentiment can really play into an execution that says, this is the time for entertainment. We've moved past the crying puppies. So do puppies cry? Yeah, but I think that's a bit much. I think think it's crying babies, but even that, do puppies cry? Yes. Do dogs have tears? I don't think they have tears. I don't think they have emotion tears, but anyways, yeah, I think it's great to call out. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just a cool example. It's a perfect example of like when I, I remember one of the earliest episodes we did and I was talking about, can I just, I want to talk about my favorite brand in the world and the most brilliant strategic move they made as a brand. And that was Apple when they came out with the Think Different campaign. And as great a story as it was, disappointment when I realized it truly was just someone came up with a really great idea. It was the right thing at the right time. And one of the longest lasting, most iconic campaigns of all time. And I'm sort of like, okay, well, that's not disappointing because I use examples like that as perfect examples of whether there was strategy or not. If that were strategic, if there were strategists, (laughs) right, on it, how would they have come that? So it's almost like we've done that before, Lindsay. I remember when I was doing a a talk in Vegas for some event thing, and and I thought it would be really cool if I reverse engineered something that did very well. It was like a big winner of some big award. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why don't we deconstruct it? And why don't we show a case study? I helped you write that deck. Oh, you did? So long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my point. And the thing was, is what if we took this? And said that now, based on it being buzzworthy and really cool and winning these awards, 
how do we sustain it? How would we launch it the next year, knowing everything that it did right? So the same thing is, what if you took the QR code drone example and kind of re-engineered it to say, so maybe there was luck, right thing, right time, but what a great opportunity to say, so how would we do it again for the same client to get the same or increased results. And I think that's always mm-hmm. a great idea because right now people are, especially in our industry, we don't know what shoulders to stand on. We're sort of like, who's doing it right? Well, they are doing it right, but how much of that is actually luck? How much of that is creative brilliance and how much of that is science? Yes. And that'll be it, folks. This has been great. Thanks, Lindsay. My pleasure. Goodbye, marketeers. Bye, marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. New episodes launch every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe to the Two Marketeers podcast wherever you like to listen. Or go to the twomarketeers.ca and connect with us. That's the twomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. We are everywhere. Marketeers podcast. This podcast is... Over.